Psalm 111. Praise Yah. By the way, I'm just going to pause there. Um, that's hallelujah. Praise Yah or praise God. That's hallelujah. This particular version of the Bible, the web version, uh, World English Bible, it, um, it never translates the, well, I mean, I'm not saying never, but it seems to actually literally translate hallelujah. You know, it's hallelujah and is praise and yah is God. Well, this one says praise yah instead of hallelujah. And uh, in so many um, languages around the world, thousands of languages, wherever the Bible gets translated, they often don't translate it literally like this. They often just put in the actual word hallelujah. And that's why uh, there's several words like hallelujah and the word amen have become so common all around the world. There are some words that you don't need to translate when you go from language to language to language, and hallelujah is one of them. But interestingly, the web version does actually seem to translate it into English, praise Yah, praise God. So praise Yah, I will give thanks to Yahweh with my whole heart, in the council of the upright and in the congregation. Yahweh's works are great, pondered by all who delight in them. His work is honour and majesty. His righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonderful works to be remembered. Yahweh is gracious and merciful. He has given food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are truth and justice and all his precepts are sure. They are established forever and ever. They are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. His name is holy and awesome. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. All those who do his work have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Okay, so this psalm started with, psalm started with a hallelujah, and that makes it one of the hallelujah psalms. <laughs> There's actually, I think, 10 of them. I think the first one we bumped into was Psalm 106, I think, or five or six, was the first of the Hallelujah Psalms, and there's 10 or 12 of them. And uh, there's now a bunch in a row. So these Hallelujah Psalms, they pretty much all start with a Hallelujah, some of them end with a Hallelujah as well. So they call them the Hallelujah Psalms. Now this one and the next one, Psalm 112, which is also a Hallelujah Psalm, these are called twins. This is a pair of twins. And so these two Psalms, it's almost like they were put in the Bible as a pair because they're so similar. They're different, but they're so similar. This is how they're similar. They both start and end with a hallelujah, but there are others that do that too. But both of them are acrostic poems. I'll explain that in a second. Both of them have 10 lines, uh, 20 verses. Both of them have 10, 20, sorry, both of them have 10 verses and both of them have 20 lines because each verse has got two lines. And both of them have comparative themes. Now, both of them are acrostics, which means that each line um, starts with a letter of the alphabet. So in English, the first letter is alpha. So imagine writing a poem with a first line started with an A, the second line started with a B, the third line started with a C, the fourth line started with a D, all the way down to Z. That would be an acrostic poem. Both of, the, sorry, both of these poems, both of these psalms are 22 lines long, not 20, 10 verses each. Both of them are acrostics, 
They both start, they both go down the Hebrew alphabet. The first letter is Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalit, going down like that, down the Hebrew alphabet. So they're twins. So both, there's so many Psalms, but just here, 11 and 12, 111 and 112, both have this exact same pattern. They're next to each other, matching themes. It's a pair. This Psalm is about how great God works, how great God's works are, and how we should fear him. And the next Psalm is all about the person who does fear him and all that God's going to do for them. So you can see how they're a match. In verse two, it says, Yahweh's works are great, pondered by all who delight in him. In other words, there are people who ponder God's works. They think about them. Now, do you do that? Do you just sit and think about God's works? I know I do. And uh, it says they're pondered by those who delight in them. Well, I suggest that you have to ponder to delight in them. But I know that once you delight in them, you ponder them a lot more. And when you start thinking about what God has done, you start realizing more and more how amazing it is. Now, it may be that you start pondering what God has done for you. That's a great beginning place. But God has done so many things in the nations and in the world and in history that the more you ponder about it, the more you think about it, the more it just becomes obvious that he's in every single thing. There are people who say, you know, there's no evidence for God. Well, they've obviously never pondered it and they've obviously don't delight in it because once you do those things, you start seeing evidence for God in everything. He's just everywhere. In fact, <laughs> it's so obvious. I don't even know how people can say that other stuff. So if you delight in the Lord, great. But if you don't delight in the Lord, start pondering what he has done and you will find your heart grows within. Verse 10, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. All those who do his work have good understanding. His praise endures forever. Do you do his work? Um, so in other words, you, this isn't doing Christian things. This is doing God's work. And uh, there are a lot of people who do Christian things, you like go to church, you know, or, you know, there might be someone who um, is in need, so we help them. That's a Christian thing to do, being kind. You know, someone needs to move house, go help them move house. It's a Christian thing to do. So there are a lot of people who do Christian things. No, but do you do what God is wanting? Do you do God's work? So, you know, you feel a sense of call to what the Lord's asking, and you then say, I'm going to do what God has asked. Do you do that? If you do, if you take God of his word and follow him, then you're serving him because he's asked you to. You're not doing it for your own glory. I remember years ago, we, uh, when we were first in peace, we had a band, you know, churches have bands, musician, musical teams, worship teams. And there was a guy that joined the church and he could play something like 20 different musical instruments, you know, trumpet, and trombone, and all manner of different things. And I remember he was in church that Sunday and he came up to uh, one of the pastors right after the service and said, hello, I'm so-and-so and I can play 20 musical instruments and I'd like to be in the band. So he just assumed right off that I got a skill, I should use it because I have a skill. But it was really, really evident that he, to use an, ex uh, well, I'm not going to use the Australian expression of speech, but there's an an Australian expression that means you're so into yourself, you're so full of yourself, you've got a big head kind of thing, 
that you think because you're so good, you ought to be used. Well, someone like that would not be serving God or doing his work. They would be serving themselves. <laughs> and um, so, you know, the, that's not the question. The question isn't, do you do things, you know, that are Christian or thing, do, you, do you do things for God, so to speak? No, the question is, do you do the works of God? And um, that's a question you need to, to answer. So, yes, God does do things on his own. He does plenty of things on his own, but he also wants us to take initiative and to partner with him in doing his work. Is that something that you will do? Father, I want to thank you for this psalm, a twin. Thank you that it declares the works of God and they're wonderful. And I pray that we would partner with you in your works and you would fill our hearts with the fear of the Lord because your works are great and we delight in them. And may our hearts grow rich in pondering all you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 112, praise Yah. Remember, that's hallelujah. Blessed is the man who fears Yahweh and delights greatly in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. I'm just going to stop for a second. This was the other half of a twin psalm. In fact, I might comment first and then we'll start and read the whole psalm. In the last chapter, yesterday's video, Psalm 111, we talked that there were the, these two psalms were like twins. Both Psalms shared a common theme. You know, Psalm 111 was about the works of God and how great they are. And, um, and then this Psalm is about those who fear the Lord and how what, what the Lord does for them. These two Psalms go together. Both Psalms are 10 verses long. Both Psalms have 22 lines each. Both Psalms start with uh, their acrostic poems. So the start of each line is a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, Bait, Gimel, Dalit, down like that. So we read Psalm 111 yesterday about the works of God and how wonderful they are and how people who fear the Lord notice. Now this Psalm 112 is about the blessings for those who fear the Lord. Let us read. Now as we go read, you're going to notice that the person who fears the Lord is blessed with everything. They are blessed with light into their minds. They're blessed with prosperity grace is upon them their children do well if there's anything in the bible you want to have you want to have the fear of the lord because every blessing is yours let's read praise yah 
Blessed is the man who fears Yahweh and delights greatly in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. His righteousness will endure forever. Light will dawn in the darkness for the upright, for the gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals graciously and lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment. He will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not be afraid of bad news. His heart is steadfast trusting in Yahweh. His heart is established. He will not be afraid in the end when he sees his enemies. He has dispersed and given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honour. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash with his teeth and melt away and the desire of the wicked will perish. So it goes to list all these wonderful things, children blessed, wealth and riches in his house, name remembered forever, you know, enduring recognition, things like that. And so it's wonderful. And we get down to verse nine and we realize that this person who fears the Lord is actually Jesus. <laughs> and um, so, yes, it is you. It's a promise for you and me that's true. We should fear the Lord and these promises for us. But we come down to verse nine and we realize that there's only one person who's ever perfectly feared the Lord, and that was Jesus. And we recognize it was him because it says he has given his gifts to the poor. And this verse was quoted in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 through to you know, 13. It, and it says that God has given gifts to the poor, and it references this verse right here. And then it goes on to say what the gifts were. He gave apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists. In other words, God gave to the church, to the body of Christ, that's us, we're the poor. He gave to us these gifts to help us be strong. So yeah, and on a kind of a local level, the person who fears and loves the Lord will help the poor. But in God's mind, it's Jesus. Jesus is the righteous man who fears God and he's given gifts to the poor, which is us, because we're poor in spirit. And those gifts are, you know, people he's put into the body of Christ to help and strengthen it and the last verse is that the wicked will be vexed <laughs> that's the devil the devil looks on at what God's done and he's like rats my schemes failed again <laughs> it's wonderful so it's a great twin to Psalm 111 Lord I thank you that the devil is vexed thank you Lord that we have everything we need Thank you, Lord. There are great promises here in this psalm, and I pray you fulfill them for us in Jesus' name. Amen.